We are here to provide an informative and entertaining method to reach out to our community of Spruce Grove. Our goal is to build connections within our society. During this podcast, we value intellectual freedom and access to knowledge for all. Treat everyone with dignity, respect, courtesy and compassion. Providing quality service without bias. Encouraging innovation and personal development. Recognise and value the contributions of staff and volunteers. Appreciate and respond to the diversity of our community. If you have any questions or concerns about anything you hear on this podcast, you can email us at sgprpodcast at yrl.ab.ca. everyone to our first episode of our brand new podcast Behind the Stacks. First and foremost we're a podcast geared for adults to share our world with you. We will cover many topics such as interviews with authors, editors, illustrators, librarians and people in our community, showcase our amazing collection at the Spruce Grove Public Library, book reviews, inform everyone about our resources and services available to them and of course have fun. All right well Simone we've made it. We're really doing this. I know. They gave us the freedom and they put us in this closet. Yes, it's a very nice closet. It's so liberating. I'm so glad to be here. Comfy chairs, bright lights. Yeah, can't complain, can't complain. Mm. So to kick things off, we are going to start by introducing ourselves. My name is Courtney. My name is Simone. Now, Simone, can you please tell us a little bit more of yourself uh, as an employee at the Spruce Grove Public Library and we'll maybe go into what you like to read a little bit. I would be delighted. I have been working at the Spruce Grove Library for almost 14 years now. I've worn many hats from clerk, children's programmer, where I was known as Miss Simone, that was a good time, to IT and now a library assistant. I love to read horror, graphic novels and sci-fi, especially Star Trek. I'm a huge Trekkie. I'm sorry, I'm Star Wars, so we shouldn't get along. And yet we do. Yeah, I know. It kind of just all works out. I'm, I'm very happy to have you here with me. So now that we've uh, introduced a little bit about Simone's, what she does here at the library, and a little bit what she likes to read, we are going to interview each other because we are very interesting and awesome people. So to start, I am going to interview Simone. So Miss Simone, how did you start in this lovely library world? Well, Courtney, that is a wonderful story. Uh, I arrived in Canada in 2005 all the way from the UK, and the first place I went to was the Spruce Grove Public Library. I became a regular there, using the computers to talk to family back home and accessing the collection. A lot of you will remember the library used to be on the other side of the building we currently occupy, and it was very dark and small. Once we'd moved to where we are now, in 2007, I volunteered to help move all the books into our new location. From there, I was noticed by a couple of the staff that I'd become friendly with, and I was offered a part-time job. The rest is history. I've been here ever since, growing through the organization, and it's the best job I've ever had. Wow, that's an amazing story. So you've really started from, I dare say, the bottom and worked your way up. Yes, absolutely. And it's been 
really fun the whole time. I love every part of working here. That's wonderful. So glad. And we're so happy to have you here. So I think you mentioned, or maybe I just forgot because I'm, you know, know how it is. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know how I am. <laughs> <laughs> I do. How long have you been working in the library industry? Next April will be my 14th year. And it's been at the Spruce Grove Public Library the whole time. Wow, that's that's really awesome. Whew, 14 years. No, no, I don't want to do some math here. How old was No, kidding. Oh, no, 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 no. no. <laughs> when, who, Our who listeners the, don't need to know about my who age. Who was the Prime Minister at the time? So <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, Ed. We don't need to know that. We don't, we don't dive into those fun details. <laughs> All right, next question. Okay. What is your favorite moment or part or story that you have about working in the library worlds? I have a lot of really good memories working here. Ooh, please tell. Okay, I'll spill the tea. I'd have to say one of my favorite is my time as the children's programmer when I was Miss Simone. I used to do tours for um, schools and daycares that would come in. We would pretend to be a train going all around the library and we would toot our horns. Doot, doot. I would travel into the director's office, into the back room, into check-in. Children were very entertained and you'd always get the odd one who would break away from the train oh, and have to say, oh, you're going to fall off a cliff if you do that. You've got to oh, stay yeah. in the train. So that was a lot of fun. One of my favourite memories is the drag story time I did last summer for Pride, where I got to be Earl Grey and read a story on inclusion and diversity. We got around, I think, 50 people. Uh, yeah, it was a good crowd. It was old and young. I had so much fun doing that. It was such a great atmosphere. This year I made a virtual Earl Grey story time, so Earl Grey may return in the future. So exciting. For that story time, we did little, I'm a little teapot, right? I'm a little teapot, that's right, because Earl Grey, tea, so it has to be a teapot. Yeah, I, I think I remember doing that dance with such pride, as <laughs> all the kids were doing it much better than I was, but that's okay, that's, that's why it's for everybody, so everyone's really happy about that. And one of my first memories is sitting at the front desk when I'd been there for around a month, there being a book talk in the middle of the library. It's very quiet, very serious. As I went to sit down on my seat, it was a seat with wheels, and the wheels flew back and I fell onto the floor with a very loud thump. Oh no, were you okay? <laughs> I was fine. Okay, we didn't have to fill out an incident report? No, oh, ev good. everyone in the book talk looked around and <laughs> I was very embarrassed, but I just kind of waved and said, huh, I'm good, carry on. So Something. that is definitely... I don't know if it's a favourite memory, but it's one that's stuck with me. I love your British response. Just carry on. We're real good here. <laughs> yes. Keep calm. Carry on. That's exactly it. I love it. Okay. Did you have anything else? Any other moments that you wanted to share? Oh my goodness. This whole podcast could be full of all the moments that I'd like to share. <laughs> I'm sure we're going to make many, many memories on this podcast together. <laughs> it's going to be great. Okay, next question. What's your daily routine like now in this lovely COVID time? Well, I certainly don't just sit around reading books, as I'm sure some people think librarians do. I work at the main desk, answering 
questions from patrons, checking out books, doing reference questions, helping people on the computers. I also plan programs and do our social media. So if you follow our Facebook page and our Instagram, then a lot of the posts are from me. That's one of my favorite things to do here. I do do lots. I do do. <laughs> we do the do's. <laughs> oh, I work in the innovation lab, which is now known as the tech tank. And that also um, pertains to one of my favorite memories is opening up the innovation lab many years ago. I think it's been about four or five years now. Five years in the making. Yes. And it's <laughs> just getting better. And once all this nasty COVID stuff is gone, we're going to reopen and it's going to be better than ever. Yes. Rebrand, relaunch, big party, new name, new look. Mm -hmm. Maybe new tech? Maybe. Stay tuned for that. Yes, stay tuned. All right. Okay. Now, ooh, last question for you. Now, this is a good one out for all of our library listeners out there because I'm sure a lot of you are wondering, well, how do I become like Simone? How do I get into a position where I can do all this fun stuff? So my question for you, Simone, is what advice would you give to people looking, getting into a career in the library world? For me, I was lucky enough to come to the library as they were transitioning to the new area. So I volunteered, pretty much got my foot in the door. Also getting your library technician diploma. I'm currently in the middle of getting that. It's been a bit derailed due to COVID, but I am almost finished. Having a qualification will definitely help you when you're applying for a library position as well. It'll look nice and sparkly on your resume because it'll be at the top of the list and people that are hiring will be like, whoa. Once once you start working here, it's just, it's so much fun and it's so interesting. And especially at SGPL, you get to be so creative. Ideas are recognized and contributions and it just makes it really rewarding. Absolutely. I feel like if I was to bring something up to somebody, it's not like, you're stupid. Don't don't bring that garbage to me. It's always like, huh, how can we incorporate that? And does it fit our plan of service is usually the questions I'm asked. And if I can convince mm -hmm. someone, anyone like this, you know, running, having a podcast for a program <laughs> that it's part of our plan of service, then we are gold and we usually just do it. So thank you, Simone. That was most amazing. And if you guys have any other further questions for Simone, you can email us at sgplpodcast at yrl.ab.ca. Now, Courtney, yes. it's your turn. Oh, no. Oh. So tell our listening audience, how did you start in the library world? It was maybe not as streamlined as yours. I feel like mine kind of had some twists and turns and then, you know, fell off a cliff. And then now here I am, because, <laughs> you know, that's just how life is. But mm -hmm. I actually started, I, oh, let's, let's go way back now, boys and girls. I started, well, started here two years ago, but prior to uh, working in the library world at SGPL, I went and got my teacher's degree because I thought that was a great idea at the time. But I'm sure like many of our listeners know, sometimes it is uh, rather difficult to get into the education system as a full-time teacher. So after I got my degree in education, I substitute taught for three years. Unless you like waking up at 6 a.m. with a phone call saying, you're going to this school. Bye. Click. 
And that's how you know you're going to get paid that day. If that's your jam, then I, by all means, I highly recommend substitute teaching. But I wanted stability. (laughs) I wanted a steady paycheck. Mm -hmm. I didn't want the surprise phone call at 6 a.m. I wouldn't like that. So, library world. How did I get there? Well, after three years of going through this fun, fun time, I decided I'm going to go and get my tech. So I got my two-year tech diploma at good old Grant McEwen. After two years of that, um, which many of you may or may not know, but during that diploma, you are also assigned a practicum. So you're placed somewhere within the area. And I happened, lucky me, got placed here right at Spruce Grove. So I did my practicum here. Lucky Spruce Grove. Yes. So I was super thrilled. Um, I just said, let me do everything. So I got to try all the different areas like reference, circ, mm-hmm. innovation lab at the time with Simone. So she taught me everything. Programming. Programming. There's more check-in. <laughs> yeah, you, you did it all. I did it all because I was not picky. And that's, I feel that's a good way to go is let, take that moment and just learn and try everything. Yeah, that's very true. When I started here, I tried everything like checking in and um, bagging the ILLs. Yeah, it's a good way to go for sure because, I mean, you don't know what you don't know and I don't know much. So I had to learn everything and start all over. So after that, I uh, harassed the director a little bit and went, okay, I'm done my tech. I'm, I am did my practicum here. Where's my job? Because <laughs> I was very pushy and I still am very pushy. So at the time, the director was like, well, we don't really have anything for you. So I'm like, oh, joy to find out later that the library industry is also a very hard industry to get to like the education one she offered me a a volunteer job so i volunteered uh with the summer reading club program for about four months Mm -hmm. um handing out prizes collecting reading logs all that good stuff and i did that for the summer until september came around and the director offered me a circulation job so Basically, I was at the desk. Yay! Yay me! I made it! I was so happy. It was part-time. But at that point, I would have taken anything. And then I became a library tech, which was amazing. So that's a little scooch of a bump up, which meant I meant I could now be at the reference desk and answer those questions. So I just skyrocketed through that. And then about a year, I'm just going to say a year, I became the community services supervisor, which is where I am today. So long story (laughs) great (laughs) interesting story (laughs) and you do a splendid job oh thank you simone so yeah i just kind of skyrocketed my way pushed my way through the library world and this is this is where i am now so wow that was a long-winded answer but do you have another question for me (laughs) i certainly do so you've been here for two years yep what are some of your favorite memories stories, moments about working here at SGPL? Probably one of my most memorable moments was hosting a month-long escape room charity. I guess we can call it a charity. Yes. Um, Fundraiser. Yeah, fundraiser. So we had a fundraiser a little bit off-site, so if any of you remember that, that was most fun, but what some of you may not know is that it's we decided all this about two or three weeks before we decided to launch this fundraiser so for me personally that was stressful and it was my first major event 
and I don't think I got much sleep that month or that week. I don't know. It, it was that whole time. <laughs> that whole time, that whole moment was just a big blur. But it was very memorable because I just, I mean, my team pulled it together. We all did it. Everyone had fun. Everyone was safe. We raised some money for the library. So it was all good stuff in the end. But just getting that sorted out was memorable. So memorable is the perfect word for that. Yes. Yes. For that moment, that would be, that would be it. And thank you to everyone who came to the escape yes. rooms. Yes. We hope you enjoyed it. Uh, I mean, because of COVID, everything's going into the virtual world, but we do have plans. Well, we were going to have plans for Comic-Con, but we do have more plans <laughs> for hopefully next year's Comic-Con to have another escape room because we know our community love that so, so much. So, what do you usually do during oh. a day? Well, now because of COVID, I mean, this summer I was either on the computer help desk, which was great. So as a reference desk, we had uh, our chat reference launched. So that was really fun. So we could answer people's questions on our chat service, help people with uh, computers, printing, all that good stuff, along with doing all the virtual stuff because now everything is virtual. I can do it all from my computer desk and, <laughs> and it's really fun. I mean, the turnover from because of COVID in March from all in-house programs to now virtual was a little stressful just because it's like, quick, Simone, how do we get all of our in-house programs onto our website and make it fun and make it entertaining? Mm -hmm. So <laughs> I think we did that pretty well. I agree. I think some of our events that we've had in the past, like we had our Pride. Yes. We had our Comic-Con. Comic-Con. Yep. Have all been very successful. A lot of fun, different. I mean, it's, let's be honest here, it's not as fun as coming in and uh, coming to our Comic-Con event. Mm hmm But it's... We made it work. Those have been kind of my days and phoning people. So yeah, that's been my daily routine as of late. And our final question. Mm -hmm. What advice would you give to people looking to get into the library world? As someone who did struggle in one industry and bounced into another, not as difficult industry, but a difficult industry to get into, mm -hmm. I'll admit, uh, my advice to those trying to get into our little circle, because as we all know, the library world is very teeny tiny, but we're all here and we're all together. Mm -hmm. um, if you go to Grant McEwen and you take any of uh, Hi Noreen, Hi Lisa, I made it. Shout out to my library teachers. <laughs> <laughs> They're amazing. I miss them. Everyone knows who they are, but they always tell you first day, don't expect um, you're just going to sit around and read books. Because I think that's the main misconception yes, about our industry absolutely. is that, oh, I want to work at a library because I like to read. Wah, wah. We all don't read that much. I wanted to say if you're more of an introvert like me mm. and you think that working at the library means you don't have to mm. interact with many people, <laughs> that is so wrong. You meet all types of people, all members yes. of the public, and it is very interesting. But certainly at the end of some days, I just like to go home, put my feet up and have absolute quiet. And I think that's hilarious because a lot of people we work with are like secret introverts. Like I'm a secret introvert. I, I like being alone mm -hmm. <laughs> with my books. But if that's your main goal and you can't put on that mask of like, hey, customer service, I'm here. Let's help you. Mm -hmm. Yay. Um, extrovert kind of mentality. 
then I would not recommend this industry for you because, like we said, it is a lot of public services, mm -hmm. helping people. Um, I mean, programs, running programs, you're interacting with all ages. Um, you're tech tank. Yes. You're interacting with kids, families, all ages that come in. Um, yeah, there's, I can't think of a time where you just get to sit and read a book and not talk to anybody. That's not a position here at the Spruce Grove Public Library. Yeah, even on your lunch break, you're usually meaning to sit and just read a book, but you end up chatting. So Exactly. So, I mean, if you love to read, that's great. I mean, it'll be great for readers advisory if people come up and go, hey, I like Harry Potter or whatever title. Mm -hmm. And you can go, oh, well, you know, but if that's not your uh, jam, don't worry. There are resources like novelists to help you get through that. Yes. So don't feel like you have to read everything to know everything. You just have to learn how to find your answers because there's so much I don't know. And you get questions from the public, which is great, but I'm not an expert in all the fields that they have questions about. And that's another part of our job is to research. So yes. that gives you ample opportunity when people um, give you questions from out of left field. Yes, so if you're really good at Googling and you don't mind speaking to the public and you love helping people, yes, you will you will find uh, the library industry quite delightful. One of my biggest tech issues, and I know you'll yeah. agree with me on this, was uh -huh. the 3D printers. <laughs> oh, you have a story about the 3D printers! I do! When, <laughs> we, when we first got them, which I believe was in about 2014, 2015, mm -hmm. So it's been a while. Mm -hmm. We had a request to print the Eiffel Tower. Ooh. And we thought, well, that can't be too hard. It just goes straight up. There's no bits sticking out. So we left the printer running all night thinking it would be done by the morning. It was about a 12 hour job. I came in the next morning. I looked across the library and saw a big pile of blue filament. Lovely. In basically a lump. And as I got closer, I realized that was the Eiffel Tower and it was still printing and the lump was getting closer and closer to the edge of the table. So I quickly switched off the printer, cleaned off the filament and yeah, suffice to say, we didn't print the Eiffel Tower. Oh no. Oh yes. The wonders of technology. So Courtney. Yes. Now that we've introduced ourselves, yes. we're going to go over a few housekeeping items. Ooh. As this is our first episode, we will explain what each of our segments are about before we announce the details of the segment. And we're going to have these segments regularly on each episode. So this one is housekeeping. So Simone, what is our housekeeping segment? Well, for housekeeping, we are going to announce any library news and programs for the month. So here's some things that are happening here in September. All of our fall programs are going to start the second week of September. And of course, as you may know, they're mostly going to be virtual. So if you go on to our website, sgpl.ca, you will find a complete list of all of our programs there for all ages. We've got, what do we have? Sarah's got some amazing programs. She's got some story times. Mm -hmm. uh, we've got some brand new programs which is really exciting. This is one of them. Yay. The mini makerspace. Yes, we have our mini makerspace. So Simone does some amazing how-to videos on that webpage. At the virtual 
tech bowl. Yes, we have a virtual tech bowl, but we also have an in-house tech bowl that is on Wednesdays and Fridays from three to five. So I believe that is a drop-in program, but we have limited spaces. So you do have to register as you arrive. Is that correct, Simone? That is correct. Perfect. So if you're really missing the innovation lab, mm -hmm. then you should definitely come to the tech bowl. Yes. Okay. But yeah, we have a bunch of other uh, programs ready to rock and roll. Some of our favorites are coming back, like Coffee and Crib. The Right On program will be there. So that's mostly geared for seniors and adults. And one of our highlights for September is Alberta Culture Days, which runs from September 1st to the 30th. Woo. Now, Courtney, yes. can you tell us about Alberta Culture Days. I certainly can tell you about Alberta Culture There's Days. There's so much to tell. Yes, there is, because I have been organizing this event, and because of COVID, it has limited our capacities, but that's okay. We've still made it fun and amazing for everyone to enjoy. So this program will be virtual, uh, but we have a lot of exciting features, such as story times. We have uh, one of our staff members, Anna, there. She uh, read a story in Russian. Wow. Yeah, complete in Russian. That's super amazing. Uh, we have a scavenger hunt. So um, for that, you have to find answers on the webpage. So we ask that you search through our entire Alberta Culture Day webpage, find the answers for that. Uh, you can print it off or you can grab a sheet at the library and then hand it in and you will be entered into one of two, not just one. But two. Two. Two prizes. Uh, we do have one for adults and one for kiddos. So um that's super fun and exciting. Uh, yes, and more. More. What does more mean? Wow. Oh, boy. I've got my sheet here. More means more. For Alberta Culture Days, we are also partnering with our best friends in the whole world, the Allied Arts Council, Yay. right next door. We have Becca. She's amazing. She is uh, working with myself to make our Alberta Culture Days much more special and sparkly. So she has we have an open art competition and um, this will all be on our website. So don't feel like you have to write this down as we're saying stuff. <laughs> you can find it all on our website. It should all be there. But we have an open art competition. So that's with the art gallery that's on their website, but it's also on our social medias. There will be a virtual art workshop and a, a virtual writing workshop. So the Stay tuned for those details. Mackenzie Brown is coming to our wee little library. Um, she's going to talk about her art and culture. You can uh, find all the details on our website. Our next segment is called Tech Time. This is where we can highlight some tips and tricks to help you with our technology right here at the library. So for our first Tech Time, we are going to highlight our... self-check machine. So now that we've reopened and more libraries are starting their interlibrary loans, we are getting a little busier. More holes are coming in for our patrons, which is fantastic. Yay! We want to make your item checkout as easy as possible. So the self-checkout is a quick, convenient way. And here's how to do it. Take it away, Simone. Thank you, Courtney. When you come to the library to pick up your holes, first, Find your item by looking on the whole shelf under the first three letters of your last name. Then take your item to our self-check machine located to the right of the whole shelf. Scan your library barcode under the red light and hear a... You'll now be asked to enter your PIN. This is the last four digits of your phone number. You'll hear... 
Take each item one at a time and place them on the pad. When you're finished, you can press print receipt or email and you're done. Now, you might hear, this means the item didn't scan properly or there's a block on your card. If it is the items, make sure you scan one at a time as our poor self-check gets a bit overwhelmed with any more than that. And if it's your card, come to the circ desk and we can help sort out whatever the issue may be. So, if you've never tried the self-checkout before, give it a go! Every day, books that hold wonderful stories are left sitting on the shelves here at the library, overlooked and at risk of being withdrawn. Each podcast, we're going to highlight two of these hidden gems and tell you a bit about them and perhaps give them a chance to be checked out and saved from the chopping block as we present Rescue the Book. Each episode, Simone and I have picked one book to showcase and talk a little bit about and try to get some people to check these wonderful things out. Yes. For my rescue book pick, I chose Inamorata by Joseph Gengemi. Inamorata sounds like a spell. Sounds like a Harry Potter spell. Inamorata! We were talking about this off, uh, <laughs> uh, off air here, but yeah, I think that's a beautiful spell. I think... I, I see lots of little stars and twinkling yes. lights. Yes. So, a quick summary about my book pick. Um, we're going to go back. It's 1922, and Martin Finch is on the case of a lifetime to determine whether a beautiful Philadelphia socialite is able to contact the spirit realm. He is prepared to debunk a fraud, but instead the man of science falls in love with the medium in his debut historical thriller. Kind of a romance, fiction, mystery, historical horror, slash paranormal. Um, I'm getting the alienist vibe, so if you've ever read that book. So I really enjoy it. It's a, you can tell it's a lovely old book. I've got it right in front of me. It's even got its um, bib service sticker on here that looks, I don't know, from like the 1990s. Yeah, I it's, would say. It's, it's a nice, it's an oldie. It's got that, it's got that library fresh smell. It's been here for a while. It smells good. But it's, uh, it needs some love. So fun facts about this book is not to be confused by Inamorata by Megan Chance. Uh, same title, different author. The weird thing about this book is that the medium who this book is based off of is actually a real person. Um, it's a woman who is completely different from her fictional counterpart. I guess the author might have changed it so that she was unrecognizable. So I find that a little strange about this one. It's um, as if the author decided to use the name and occupation of the woman in question, but nothing else at all. Hmm. That is old. Yeah, so they kind of just borrowed it, and then went, oh, yeah, that's great, but we're not to, not to confuse her with a real person, people. That's okay. I thought this was super interesting, is the movie rights were purchased in 2006 by Johnny Depp's film company. So, Johnny Depp, if you're listening, can you please make a movie about this so people <laughs> put it on the Netflix? Because people want to see it and read it. Yes, definitely. And we would like it to be checked out so everyone can enjoy it. My last fun fact is that our library is the only one with this copy, so it's kind of a rare, rare treat I have here. So Ooh. if you are interested in this book and you are part of the track pack system, please come and take it. So I really need to rescue that book. Yes. It's the only copy. Yes, it is. It is very special. So that is the book I picked for Rescue a Book. But now, Miss Mom, you have your own. 
I do. And my rescue the book pick is Apocalypse Cow by Michael Logan. So it's set in the UK. Basically, an experimental bioweapon is accidentally unleashed on a herd of unsuspecting cows, turning them into flesh-craving man-eaters. As the virus spreads to other animals, so cats and dogs, bunnies, three heavily outnumbered humans must fight back. And they all have pretty interesting backstories. Um, one is a worker in an abattoir. One is a journalist who is not really very good at her job. And the other is the son of, a, I would say, super vegan. So it's quite a mixed bag and they have to fight back against the hordes of undead four-legged friends or enemies, I suppose. I really enjoyed this book. It's very funny. Um, and by having animals be the antagonist, from cows to dogs, sheep to squirrels, it gives an enjoyable and pretty original twist on the zombie theme, which I don't think is easy to do. No, you're right, it's not. And zombies are still relevant. They're still in. Yeah, absolutely. Zombie. And it's kind of saturated, but this definitely stands out. Um, there's really good banter between all the characters. There's a lot of action, too. Um, I found it to be hilarious, rather gross, and pretty ridiculous. But it is a novel about zombie cows, after all. I mean, what do you expect? I mean, yeah, not much more you can ask for. It's not going to be a, a really serious read, but it's definitely a page-turner. So uh, one interesting fact about this book is it was the winner of the Terry Pratchett First Novel Prize. Now, Terry Pratchett, of course, was famous for his Discworld novels, mm -hmm. wonderful writer, dearly missed. And he said on the back of the book that this made him laugh so much that he snorted. So if that's not a good recommendation, I don't know what is. So please help us rescue Apocalypse Cow. So what's next? Well, what's next is we have what's happening in Spruce Grove. Right. Yes, what is happening in our wonderful city? We've got quite a bit of stuff going on here. I've got here on the calendar, September 7th is Labor Day. I believe that's that's a Monday, is it not? I believe that's, yes, it is a Monday. Okay, and we are not open Mondays, so I mean this doesn't really change much in our library world, but that's okay. Um, but it's a stat holiday for everyone, so yes. enjoy it. Yes, put up your feet and relax. Mm -hmm. Hopefully we have nice weather. Next, we have uh, Shred for Free on September 12th, which, Simone, what is that? So basically, if you have any documents that contain personal information that you want to get rid of or old paperwork, you can stop by and have your documents shredded on the spot in a secure shredding truck. Ooh. So you can bring up to four boxes of material to shred, each weighing up to 30 pounds or less. And you can find more information on the sprucegrove.org website under Shred for Free and E-Roundup. And our last little tidbit, we have Firefighters National Memorial Day. Flags at City Facilities will be lowered to half-mast on Sunday, September 13th for the Firefighters National Memorial Day to recognise firefighters who serve across Canada and those who have lost their lives or been injured on the job. 
for their courage and unwavering commitment to serve their communities. And again, for more information on this special day, visit sprucegrove.org. Perfect. And as we're right next door to some firefighters, we'll definitely thank them for their services. And absolutely. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you very much, firefighters. You guys are amazing. Yes. Uh, before we sign off today, we just wanted to say a special thank you to Bryce over at EPL. Thank you, Bryce. Bryce really helped us with our podcast adventure and gave us all the best tips and tricks in the podcast business. So thank you, Bryce. And be sure to listen to their podcast uh, called Overdue Finds. That's F-I-N-D-S. Correct. It's kind of a fun play on word, Overdue Finds, instead of Money Finds. Yeah. <laughs> Clever. Very, very smart. Okay. Now, if you would like to be a special guest, or you have questions, concerns, or have any great episode ideas, you can send them to us at sgplpodcast at yrl.ab.ca. So thank you so much for listening to our first podcast. We really hope you enjoyed it, and we'll see you all next time. So it's goodbye from me. And thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you all next time. Bye. Bye.